above. Melting permafrost that was a slap. Rising ocean temperatures and extreme weather. An uppercut. Then record-breaking heat waves hit us right where it hurts. Has it occurred to anyone that maybe the Earth is trying to get our attention? We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution before it's too late. To find out how, go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. for the end of the world listen to your community spirit the show about caring sharing and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it let's bring back the circle again the circle of family the circle of friends the circle of being wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of mother earth Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. Good day. This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we're here to bring you, hopefully, an exciting and informative half hour of your community spirit. Yes. We have our uh, infotainment for the week ready for you. <laughs> Heavy on uh, info and hopefully heavy on attainment, too. <laughs> well, as long as we're here, there's a little bit of attainment. Yeah. So, um, I got to have a pretty exciting week. First of all, I picked up um, electric riding lawnmower, an electric track. They quit making them in 1974. I picked one of those up when I was in Iowa. And then the beginning of this week, I got to install a system in Springfield. Yes. <laughs> Um, I kept, I told a few people I installed it at our nation's capital and they got really excited, not our nation's, our state's capital, but I didn't actually install it at the state capital. I installed it at someone's house, <laughs> Yeah. but it's like three or four, five miles from the actual capital building. Yeah. So people in the capital building may drive by it sometime and start thinking about solar. And it is the first, uh, grid inner tie solar system. Um, in Springfield under the new um, it's very interesting the uh, state of Illinois across the whole state doesn't have net metering grid intertie agreement but the utility in Springfield just passed one huh. just there's a utility that just covers Springfield yeah so the the lawmakers for our state haven't passed one for the whole state <laughs> but they get to use you know renewable energy that people install so hmm. that's pretty interesting um i collect a few little tidbits as i'm driving and i saw this on a, a church marquee don't think you have anything to be thankful for check your pulse hmm. <laughs> i was just like that was just <laughs> that got my attention definitely um the price of a lot of things are going up. Normally this time of the year, well, this doesn't really affect you too much, but gas prices normally this time of the year, 
start going back down um, in September. Mm-hmm. But prices in Illinois is an average of $3.09, which is up $0.37 cents from the same time last year. And um, I actually do my talk about Oil Addicts Anonymous, and I say, you know, they m- one of the graphics in my multimedia presentation shows a frog in cold water, and then you turn the heat on, and slowly, slowly it gets hotter and hotter <laughs> yeah. until it dies or, well, you rescue it. Yeah. But if you just take the frog and just throw it in hot water, of course, it jumps right back out. Yeah. So I use that analogy to compare it to gas prices. I mean, people who th- people think that now that gas prices under $3 a gallon is cheap. <laughs> yeah. But a few years ago, people thought that about $2 a gallon yeah. Very few years ago. And so that's, yeah, we are the frogs in the hot water. Yeah, I can still remember that, you know, the prices being one something for gas. And if you had jumped immediately to three, a lot of people would have tried to jump out of their pot. Yeah. Well, I actually remember when it was 75 cents. And I'm not that old. Huh. <laughs> I actually just, I took a trip when I was a kid up through South Dakota, and they had a gas station that was a dollar, like, 75 or something like that. And so that stuck in my mind when I came back came back home, and I was just like, wow, it's a dollar cheaper here. So it's always stuck in my mind. <laughs> and it was just, you know, a gas station in the middle of nowhere so they could charge whatever they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so They could charge a million dollars if they wanted. So we have a few happenings. One of the main happenings is it is the WDBX Fall Membership Drive. Yes. <laughs> and I just ran across somebody. You ever heard of Northern Sun Merchandising? Oh, I have, actually. They had a booth set up in Iowa, and I have never made it out of their booth for under $100. <laughs> um, mostly they have a lot of stickers, a lot of T-shirts. Usually I buy a lot of stickers. So I bought <coughs> a couple hundred stickers. Renewable Energy is Homeland Security. Hmm. So anybody who becomes a member of our show, I will give them one of those stickers. I also have uh, quite a few other options. Um, basically, I have probably 20 different types of stickers that people can pick out of. That particular one is my favorite. So, do you have any happenings? Ah, uh, yes. Let's see. What do we have for happenings today? <coughs> The first one is actually uh, why we fight. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is actually mentioned in the nightlife. <coughs> Filmmaker Eugene Jarecki began his career as a young upstart in the world of dramatic features, but his attention shifted towards nonfiction. That proved to be great news for fans of the documentary. Jarecki has now ex- directed two high-profile political exposés, The Trials and Henry Kissinger, and Why We Fight. <coughs> the latter film's popularity has not only elevated Jarecki to the ranks of the nation's top documentarians, uh, it's a distinction he shares with not just with luminaries like Errol Morris and Steve James, but also his brother Andrew Jarecki, who directed the extraordinary Capturing the Freedmans. And Jarecki's been a public speaker and thinker on American culture, and he's also been on The Daily Show and other shows. So, guess what? He's coming to town. The SIU Honors Department is bringing uh, Jarecki 
Uh, he'll be, they'll be showing his film, Why We Fight, this coming Sunday, September 16th, at 3 p.m., and then again at 7 p.m., over in the WAM Building's Davis Auditorium. Then uh, next week, he'll be speaking on Tuesday, September 8th, at 7.30 p.m., in the Student Center Auditorium. So if you want to hear more about why we fight, uh, he's the guy to turn to. Not why we fight, but the movie. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, a little bit of both, I'm guessing, you know, because the movie is about, you know, why we engage in warfare and such. Not just why we have, you know, arguments over, you know, who gets who gets to, you know, use the TV next or something. <laughs> well, that's the start, I suppose, right? Yeah. That's the small scale fighting. Hopefully that doesn't lead to international conflict. <laughs> so, if here's another happening. If you have some tires sitting around, which a lot of people do, if you're not aware of it, tires cannot be thrown away because, well, they are hazardous waste. Isn't it amazing how our addiction to oil has made it so we allow ourselves to have hazardous waste around us at all times? Anyway, back to actual my story. <laughs> Um, next week, Friday and Saturday, September 21st and 22nd, the University of Illinois Extension Office in Murfreesboro will be having a used tire collection for free. You, pretty much any type of tires, there is a maximum of 1,000 tires per participant, no tire dealers or auto-related businesses, and no large industrial tires. Again, it's at the University of Illinois Extension Office at 402 Ava Road in Murfreesboro. For more information, call 618-684-3143, extension 128. That's the Jackson County Health Department, I think. So, if you have some extra tires sitting around, let's get rid of them. Because there's not much you can do. Well, you can build an Earthship. Have you heard of an Earthship? <coughs> Basically, some people came up with a, a way to use a lot of tires and make a house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So You could also make little swings out of them, but uh, it's best to dispose of them properly. Well, I mean, you can make used. swings out of them, but it seems very idyllic, <coughs> but unless you paint it, you will end up with black stuff on you. Yeah, they'll start to rub off. Yeah, it's like, I remember that as a kid, that we would get a lot of black stuff on us, but it was well worth the fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely well worth the fun. I definitely could not fit in any tire nowadays because hmm. I have the tire built in. <laughs> okay, let's see. And other happenings. Actually, this I just heard about this uh, just a few minutes ago, so I want to mention this one. It's uh, protesting torture. Celeste Williams, Lori Santini, and the Southern Illinois Peace Coalition have started a campaign to sell orange ribbons they're going to be available at the Interfaith Center, the Rosetta Stone Bookstore, the Church of the Good Shepherd, and the Long Branch Bulletin Board, among other places. These ribbons show opposition to the U.S. use of torture. This is at the Abu Ghraib lockdown in Iraq. Uh, U.S. soldiers were photographed humiliating and torturing prisoners who ordinarily wore orange jumpsuits. And uh, it's also a concern at Guantanamo, and we don't know where else, because <laughs> if it's policy not a torture, who knows where it's going on. Well, so, because the people who know about it 
are afraid to say it because they might get thrown in. Yeah, they might get thrown in. They might get in trouble, and then they get sent there. <laughs> but uh, for more information about the Orange Ribbon Campaign, you can visit www.stand-against-torture.org. Another happening. The SIUC GLBT Resource Center will be having a fundraiser at the Upside Downtown um, this Saturday starting at 5 o'clock. <coughs> Did you know about that? Uh, no, I didn't. See? I know some stuff you don't know. Uh, yeah. Ha. See? If you want us to let you know that there is a happening in this town, you have to email one of us. Because if you don't email us... We won't show up, and therefore, it will be slightly less happening. Yes. But mainly, it just won't happen if you don't tell us. Yeah. <laughs> because we, we get on here on this wonderful community radio, uh, WDBX 91.1, and we share it with all of Southern Illinois. So you send it to us, we send it to lots of people. <laughs> and I do a lot of traveling, and there are very, very few community radio stations spread out. I actually had the luck of being in Iowa over the weekend, and there was a station kind of like, it was actually the NPR station, but they had, you know, every two hours a new show, kind of like our community radio station. Um, But (coughs) basically, I understand there's only 30 community radio stations. Is that about right? Somewhere around there. Yeah, and there's only like five in the Midwest, period. Yeah, so we're very lucky. And in a little small town like Carbondale... Most of the community radio stations are in much larger towns like St. Louis, Columbia, Missouri. We are um, a voice, and more than a voice, we are part of the community. Yes. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Every two hours, there is a unique, different, interesting. If you don't like something one, two hours, there'll be something new in another two hours. Or if you... um, I don't know. There's just it's so eclectic and so interesting that I rarely listen to anything else. Yeah, I know I've heard uh, you know types of music that I didn't even know existed, and then <laughs> I heard them here, and I thought, oh, that music exists. Yeah, <laughs> that's was, pretty cool. Yeah, it was. You either were like, wow, that's really interesting, or wow, that's really weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, very rarely is there a complete balance where it's just like. Oh well, you can just listen to the radio and not pay attention to it. Yeah, like it's not like a lot of. There's a lot of other radio stations where, like, you know, elevator music. Yeah, elevator music or songs you've heard 50 times, and you may like that particular song, but you've heard it 50 times. Right. Here, you're likely to get a lot of stuff you haven't heard. So, because we've got a lot of wacky DJs out there in the world searching for uh, the most new and interesting material. <laughs> So if you would like to support us supporting the station, please, um, well, give us a call. This is your community spirit. We'll be right back with the news. Yes, and the number is 457-3691. (laughs)
Good day. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we're here to bring you live, exciting, and informative enviro-social talk and happenings. As usual, the first half of our show has been packed with happenings. A few other happenings are <coughs> the Apple Festival. I know there's a, the 65th, I think, annual Apple Festival in Murfreesboro. And then here in Carbondale, yes, we happen to be located in Carbondale, this yes. sh- station. In Carbondale, there is the Main Street Pig Out. Hmm. Oh, so. and I'm excited about the apples because it's getting to be almost apple cider time. Oh, so. yes, the good old local unpasteurized local. real cider. Yes, fresh yes. Uh, apple cider. Yeah. And one other, <coughs> one other local happening that's a weekly one, but I like to mention anyway, is the Student Environmental Center. They uh, meet every week at 8 p.m. over at the Interfaith Center, which is at 913 South Illinois here in Carbondale. And they're a happening group. They are. And, um, all right, let's get to a little bit of news. Trouble cropping up. Climate change will cause agricultural output to decline significantly, says study. Attention, 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 people who eat. (laughs) Climate change could cause global agriculture output to decline by up to 16% by 2080. Why do they always throw out these just just random numbers yeah <laughs> it's like 2080 2050 2030 2020 yeah. they just randomly just pick a i mean how much is it gonna decline by you know 2010 <laughs> yeah you know is it gonna i mean yeah it's weird they uh, they must come up with a formula but then they decide for some reason a particular span uh, just a particular date okay According to a new study from the Center for Global Development and the Peterson Institute for International Economics, like life itself, the allotment won't be fair. Productivity is likely to generally decline in developing countries, India, Pakistan, and most of Africa and Latin America, while improving in the U.S., most of Europe, and Canada. India, which is on track to become the world's most populous nation by mid-century, could see its food production fall by up to 38%. Sudan and Senegal could suffer over 50% declines. Quote, at least a billion people live in the poorest countries that are likely to be hit hard or hit worse by this slow-moving crisis, said Nancy Birdsall of the CGD, which stands for the Center of Global Development. Anyway, this will be a serious problem for us all. Straight to the source, Reuters, the Interpress Service. Yes. And in other climate-related news, science friction. U.S. climate change research found inadequate in many ways. The good news, the National Research Council finds that the U.S. climate change science program, which started in 2002, has gathered some useful climate data. The bad news? Well, where do we start? Less than 2% of the money spent by the program has gone to studying how climate will affect humans. The NRC finds that the... Uh, 13 federal agencies involved in climate research have been, quote, inadequate at combining results, assimilating priorities, supporting decision-making, managing risks, and disseminating information. Only two of the 21 planned reports have been published. Many climate research opportunities, particularly those designed to gather long-term data, 
have been delayed, cut back, or canceled altogether, and the program continues to be threatened by spending cuts. The NRC will produce a follow-up report with suggestions for improvements next year. We, on the other hand, would be happy to give our suggestions at any time. (laughs) Just give us a call. We'll give you lots of suggestions. Uh, Straight to the source, Associated Press and the New York Times. I'm always full of suggestions. (laughs) (laughs) Congress sees the lighting on the wall. Built to phase out incandescent light bulbs gain steam in U.S. Congress. Momentum is building in the U.S. Congress for a bill that would require phasing out regular incandescent light bulbs. See, I don't like calling incandescent light bulbs light bulbs because uh-huh. technically they're not. I mean, it's been—it's the greatest marketing genius ever uh-huh. to call them a light bulb. Eighty percent of the energy that goes into it is used to produce heat. <laughs> yeah, heat bulbs. Only twenty percent is used to produce light. So technically, they're heat lamps. Yeah. <laughs> and to call them a light bulb, again, marketing, marketing genius, marketing <laughs> genius. Uh, so. Again, regular incandescent light bulbs in favor of compact fluorescence and other more efficient lighting technologies. The bill now in the works would require bulbs to be three times more efficient by 2020. Again, some random date. Yes. (laughs) And require the phase-out of 40, 60, 75, and 100-watt incandescent light bulbs by 2014. Yield incandescent typically convert only 5% of the electricity they consume into visible light. And proponents say that installing more efficient bulbs, including compact fluorescent lights, next-generation incandescent, LED lighting, and other lighting alternatives could save U.S. consumers some $6 billion a year in energy costs and effectively cancel demand for 80, I repeat, 80 coal-fired power plants. The legislation may be lumped in with the pending energy bill that's expected to be voted on in October. The United States is the largest single market for incandescent light bulbs, accounting for nearly one-third of the global market. Sources, the McCarthy McCarthy News Service and the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. Now, two countries have already banned. Canada and Australia have banned incandescents. And three countries, I mean, a lot of European countries have talked about it, but they're very rarely for sale in European countries now. So they don't have to ban them. People yeah. just know that <laughs> they use they waste a lot of energy. So why would you even buy one? Yeah, it's a sort of voluntary ban. <laughs> right, it's a voluntary ban. And um, California has um, I don't know. I don't think they've banned it yet, but I know they've tried twice to vote to ban to ban them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you have any incandescents, very soon save them up. They will be worth something on the black market. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like as something, an antique heat lamp. Antique heat lamp. <laughs> well, they'll be fun. You know, they're fun to smash. So <laughs> maybe the people will have big parties. No more of these. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, in other news, pray tell. Religious leaders convene for a floating climate change symposium. Uh, religious leaders from Buddhist, Christian, Hindu, Jewish, Shiite, Shinto, and Sunni traditions are in the midst of a six-day climate change symposium coordinated by uh, Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew I. Uh, They are traveling on a ship down the coast of rapidly melting Greenland. The leaders are floating ideas on cooperating to close the perceived gap between religious and environmental interests. 
says Baptist minister Jim Ball, with admirable punniness, quote, The image of all the religious leaders on the boat with the ecumenical patriarch says that we recognize climate change and that it's time for us to get busy and for all hands to get on deck. <laughs> Straight to the source, the Christian Science Monitor. Schoolhouse walks. Municipalities try to encourage students to walk to school. Cities across the U.S. are turning their attention not only to green education, but how, but to how students get to school. Forty years ago, half of all students walked or biked to the <laughs> schoolhouse. You know, uphill both ways in a snowstorm. Yeah. <laughs> Today, that number has dropped to 15%, while 60% of youths are touted, toted around in a car. The shift brought on by fears of traffic hazards and stronger danger, and not people being afraid of snowstorms, <laughs> has contributed to increases in other problems, obesity rates, traffic congestion, vehicle accident, and air pollution around schools. In an effort to encourage students to transport themselves to school with their own two feet, a great phenomenal feat in itself, many municipalities are seeking funding for more sidewalks, safer bike lanes, and other pedestrian-friendly measures while parents are organizing walking versions of cow carpools. One potential uh, downside, groups of walking kids may be highly susceptible mm. to homework-eating neighborhood dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember those dogs. They ate a lot of my homework. Yeah, the, the little gangs of kids walking <laughs> home. That's. It took us forever to get home. Why? Well, the dogs. <laughs> yeah, the dogs are busy eating my homework. Straight to the source, the New York Times. So this has been another exciting and hopefully informative half hour of your community spirit. What should we remind people to do? Go green and keep our station on the air. Yes. If you want to support us in the pledge drive, the phone number is 457-3691. And you can help us stay on the air and keep community happenings coming your way and also all the good music that uh, plays on this show, on this uh, station. Yeah, if you actually call in the next uh, 10 minutes, you can talk to me or Treesong, and we will make sure to personally deliver you some type of renewable energy or related sticker to thank you for supporting your community spirit. Yes, this is all here for you. I almost said our community <laughs> spirit, but it's everybody's. This it's everybody's. is part of the community. So, thank you for listening. <laughs>